Hello, and welcome to mini episode 63 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? I've got six spooky listener stories for you today. Are you ready? Nope. And our last story today is from around, I think, the 31st of May. I had written it down, but I've really unhelpfully deleted it. It was around the 31st of May or the first week of June. I can't remember which, but that's the kind of rough ballpark. And story number one comes from Sarah. I live with my sister and my parents in Switzerland in a small town. My sister, my mom, and I, we've always sensed a presence in our house. Things keep falling down even if they're secured on the surface. We hear bangs, knocks, and footsteps at night, and yesterday when I was looking in the mirror, one strand of my hair was lifted to an upright position. We've learned to live with our ghosts and try to ignore their signs. However, this story I'm going to tell didn't happen here. We went to visit the uncle and aunt of my mother in Charlestown, South Carolina, and it was our first time in the US. They shared a flat with some other people right next to the sea and a five-minute car drive away from their house. So we stayed there. My sister and I, we stayed in the bedroom right by the entrance. When we looked out of the window, we could actually see the front door. One day, my sister ran into the living room saying that she saw a figure trying to get into the apartment, like trying to forcefully turn the doorknob. However, we didn't hear anything, and when we went to check the door through the window of our bedroom, no one was there. This happened on our first day. We felt watched the whole week that we stayed there. The next strange thing was that the storage room that was inside of my parents' bedroom... It really stank terribly, like something rotten. We looked for a dead rat or something, but didn't find anything. And I'll come back to that point later. The strangest thing, however, was the caretaker. He was a very old man, very thin, wearing a caretaker's uniform. He would always be there when we came back from dinner and asked us if we wanted to take the elevator with him. He really wanted to take the elevator with us. My father didn't think much of it and actually wanted to get inside it, but we dragged him up the stairs. This happened on multiple evenings. On the last day, we all put our luggage inside of the car so we could have our last breakfast at our uncle and aunt's house and go directly to the airport afterwards. When we were almost finished, the old caretaker approached us. This was the first time that we saw him in daylight. He stood in front of us and performed magic tricks, like actual magic tricks with coins and cards and stuff. We tried to be polite and not to freak out and eventually were able to leave and drive to our uncle and aunt. When we told him about the strange caretaker, this was the first time we'd mentioned him at all, they told us that there was no such caretaker. He even asked the other owners of the flat, but we were the only ones that had ever seen this man. We tried to forget the whole story and decided to never stay in that apartment again. I think that it's possible that he was a ghost, just because we feel presences a lot at home and truly believe in the paranormal. Some months later, we visited our grandparents in Portugal and told my grandmother everything that happened. For context, every time I call my grandmother to tell her anything, she somehow already knows what I wanted to tell her. She would also call me when I was sick and would say that she sensed there was something wrong. I do truly believe that she has some kind of superpower or something. To come back to the story... When we told her about the storage room that smelled like something rotten was inside of it, she immediately said that she thought there was a baby hidden inside of it. Think what you want of this, but I believe in the powers that my grandmother has. 
The storage room smelled so awfully bad that the dead baby was an actual possibility. Maybe the smell was paranormal as well because it didn't attract the attention of anyone else who stayed in the flat before us. Sarah did a really good job at making that caretaker sound real creepy. It had real Scooby-Doo vibes, right? No, it was really (laughs) creepy. Like, why is he doing magic tricks and trying to get you into his lift? Have you seen American Horror Story, the freak show one? No, I've seen one episode of American Horror Story. Okay, so this is going to be slightly lost on you, so I'm not going to go into depth explaining it. But in American Horror Story freak show, there is a clown, a killer clown, right? And he is... And I'm not afraid of clowns. They don't really, it doesn't really bother me, but he is terrifying, right? He literally is wearing like another face as a mask. It's so scary. And there's these various points in it where he's really menacing. And then suddenly he starts doing like little tricks and jokes. And it's honestly scarier than when he's being menacing. Like it's, it's so awful. And that was all I could picture in my head when I was, when she was talking about the janitor. And I, and I feel like maybe the janitor was actually a real person. And not necessarily something supernatural. But in my head, the janitor was the clown from American Horror Story Freak Show. Okay, two things. Firstly, if the clown is a killer clown, I suggest you need to be a bit scared of it. Just a little bit. Because that would suggest that he's going to kill you. So you probably do need to show some kind of fear. Yeah, maybe. Maybe a bit, yeah. Secondly, at no point in that story did Sarah say he looked anything like a clown. I know, isn't that weird? (laughs) It was the magic tricks, I think. My brain just went to American Horror Story. So weird. And it's a very strange comparison, I know. The other thing is that phantom smells are quite common. Like It's quite a common thing in our stories that people smell like burning or they smell sulfur when it's something bad or they smell flowers when it's something that they love. In our film review this week, a part of the, the part of the haunting was a smell. And I think that as somebody who worked in like a, a large building before, dead mice is going to sound really stupid, but dead mice have a really particular smell. Like, you would know the smell of a dead mouse or a dead rat immediately. And I don't think it smells the same as a dead person, from what I know. Thank you for your forensic analysis. I say that like I'm some sort of fucking, A, either serial killer or serial <laughs> mouse killer. <laughs> I'm neither, just so people are aware. <laughs> and story number two comes from Gabrielle. I wanted to tell you guys about my maternal grandmother, who I called Grandma. All of my mother's family live in and around Hull. My mum is a very proud Yorkshire woman and she's very proud of her Yorkshire heritage. She's certain Yorkshire tea is the best tea and no other tea will pass her lips. As a family, my mum, dad, two brothers, my sister and myself, we never lived nearby. We lived in Blackpool, St Anne's, the Isle of Wight and then eventually we settled back to St Anne's. This meant to see my mother's family we'd have to drive at least an hour and a half. They aren't a wealthy family, and a few of them have struggled with alcoholism. Unfortunately, my mum lost her sister to health complications from this addiction. My grandma was also an alcoholic, and I genuinely don't think I ever met her sober. I was 11 when my grandma passed, and I'm 24 now. It was my second week at high school. We had moved up from the Isle of Wight in the July, so we were still settling into the Victorian house that my parents had bought. My grandma's name was Norma, apparently named after Marilyn Monroe's real name, and if I remember rightly, she was only 57 or 58 when she passed. She had completed a big drinking session and had fallen down the stairs in her house. As she landed, she cracked her head off the radiator at the foot of the stairs, and that's what killed her. Even though Norma was named after Marilyn Monroe, she looked a bit more like Ozzy Osbourne and would regularly dress as him for Halloween or birthday parties. 
She had the same thin black hair, ill-looking face, and probably the same drinking habits. Now, when we moved back from the Isle of Wight, my sister, who was the youngest of the four of us, was two, and I don't believe she had ever met Norma. And if she did, then it would have been when she was a newborn. Because she was still small, she wasn't taken to the funeral, and instead was left with her godparents for the day as it was stressful enough for my mum and she didn't need to care for a toddler at the same time. A few weeks after the funeral, my sister Scarlett had started to struggle sleeping and was talking to herself more often. It's common for kids her age to regress slightly with sleep, but this was different. My mum would wake in the night to the sound of my sister chatting to someone, and when my mum would investigate, there would be no one there. These conversations Scarlett was having started to occur through the day as well as the night time. My mum asked Scarlett who she was talking to because she wouldn't be the first toddler to have developed an imaginary friend. So when she was asked, who are you chatting to? She replied, the witch. We laughed it off, although they were nervous giggles for me. Scarlett carried on chatting to this witch for a few weeks. My mom is certain that Scarlett had no toys or had seen any TV show that would teach her about witches, so she asked her, What does the witch look like? Uh, black hair, Grandma, she replied nonchalantly. My mum was taken aback, and I had crapped my pants at this point because not a few nights earlier I had woken up with sleep paralysis to see my grandma sat at the foot of my bed. I put the incident to one side and I've recently learned my sleep paralysis and nightmares can be linked to my health as I'm diabetic, and during nights where my blood sugars are too high, my body becomes stressed and encourages paralysis and nightmares. It seemed my grandma had been checking in on us quite regularly. A couple of years later, we had a voicemail left on an unknown number, and a middle-aged woman with a Hull accent spoke when the message was played. Hello? Hello, is all this voice had to say. To this day, my mum is absolutely convinced that it was my grandma, whether it was an old message she'd missed or whether it was new. She went pale when she remembered the date we listened to this voicemail, because it would have been Norma's 60th birthday. I know that it's a common belief that spirits might wander the planet if they have unfinished business of some kind. I like to think she was sober in the afterlife that she wanted to see the family she hadn't seen enough of when she was alive, which would explain why she spent a lot of time with my sister, since they hadn't met properly, and she wasn't at the funeral. Because of this, I've grown up with a somewhat belief in ghosts. When I was scared of the paranormal, my mum would scoff. Well, if they are lingering around, maybe they can do the dishes. Even at 24, and in my own rented house, I still think of that advice to comfort me when I'm feeling watched. This could be interpreted as a sad story, a comforting story, or a story about ghosts managing to use a landline. It's almost as if you planned it. I know, right? But you clearly didn't, because we're nearly over a year behind. I know, isn't it so weird? Like, I always say this, and people, I can guarantee you there's people out there that are rolling their eyes when I'm like, there's always these weird synchronicities, but there are. There's always weird coincidences. Like, multiple stories will be on the same theme from all over the world, or like this, we'll have just covered something, and somebody will talk about it in an episode. It's so weird, isn't it? Like, and I do think those voicemail things, I'm still not over our episode this week, so, you know, I've still been mulling it over for the last couple of days. And uh, you know what? I'm going to say I'm a believer in that one. Whoa. I know, right? That's crazy. I know. Also, 
Gabrielle's grandmother sounds amazing. Like looking like Ozzy Osbourne is a look, right? That is a very particular look and you can fight against that or just lean into it. And I appreciate that this woman leaned into it. There are two things that I wish to say. The first is, Gabrielle, I agree with your mother. There is no other tea than Yorkshire tea. It is by far the finest regular tea known to man. Secondly, enough freaky kids talking to ghosts, please. The witch. I would have absolutely crapped myself if she had said that. Fair play to you to being able to laugh it off because I would have been out the door. Different postcode. Never to be seen again. How raging would ghost Norma be? She's standing there and the mum's like, Scarlett, who are you talking to? And she's like, oh, the witch. <laughs> I'd be like, seriously, it was Ozzy Osbourne while I was alive and now it's just the witch. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon Norma's ghost told her who she was so the second time she could say black hair grandma instead of the witch? Cause... Yeah, maybe. Because <laughs> she was like, I'm fucking sick of this. I've had enough. <laughs> and story number three comes from Gemma. My friend Rich worked in South Korea for many years as a teacher when he finished university. He loved the country and the culture, and it was miles apart from his Scottish upbringing. After living in South Korea for some time, he moved into a spacious apartment with his friend. He loved the place, nice spacious bedrooms, and after living with strangers for quite some time, it was a place he felt he could call home. One particularly hot and muggy night, he and his flatmate decided to keep all the windows open in the flat, and keep the bedroom doors open as well, just so they could sleep due to the heat. Rich's bedroom was on the opposite side of the hallway to his friend's, so when he laid down he could see his flatmate on his bed watching a film. Rich woke up at about two in the morning, annoyed that even with all the windows and doors open the flat was still so warm. He glanced over to his friend's room, and was paralysed with fear, because stood over his friend's bed was a woman with long black hair. He could only see the back of her, but she was just staring down at his sleeping friend. Rich laid in bed watching, praying that this was some sort of dream and that she would disappear. And then her head turned and looked directly at him from his friend's room. Rich, who isn't someone to scare easy, pulled the bedsheet over his head and closed his eyes, hoping sleep would come. And eventually it did. The next morning, Rich awoke and the memory of what he had witnessed the night before came flooding back. He convinced himself that it had been a vivid dream induced by the uncomfortable night's sleep with the heat, and he decided to forget about it and not to say anything. At this point, I thought it was pretty creepy, but this is the part that really sticks in my mind. Rich was having breakfast and reading his emails when his flatmate walked into the kitchen. Rich commented that he looked a bit rough. His flatmate poured some coffee and replied that he hadn't slept too well, not due to the heat, but due to the awful dreams that he had had. At this point, Rich started to think about the ghostly woman he had seen standing over his friend, but still he didn't say anything. But before he could respond, his friend said, Yeah, I had a dream that I woke up in the middle of the night and this woman with dark hair and black eyes was just staring down at me. It felt so real, it proper shit me up. Not long after this, Rich got offered a place to do a master's at a university in Scotland, and for the first time in years he felt ready to come home. He said, even though his friend and him never saw anything again, he always felt there was a presence in the flat. An evil one. A whole bucket of nope. I 
What? Why? What was she doing? I. It's the confirmation as well that gets me. Like Rich saw the woman standing over, but then to have the flatmate say that he was dreaming that there was a woman standing over. No, I can't. No. Because of course you would tell yourself you were dreaming. Of course you would. You know, you wouldn't be. You wouldn't immediately jump to conclusions and think I'm seeing a ghost. I'm going to freak out right now. You'd of course tell yourself. I would. You would. <laughs> Everybody else wouldn't. There's the other option, right, is because they slept with the windows and doors open, that that was a real person. Oh, that... Right? And either way, that is horrifying. It doesn't matter if it's a real person or if it's a ghost. That is the most terrifying story that you would wake up and somebody... Oh, it actually gives me shivers. Like, I can't even think about either paranormal or real person waking up and seeing them standing over you. I think it's paranormal because I feel like the, they would have had to have left at some point. I'm pretty sure one of them would have woken up as they were leaving. So it's got to be paranormal, but it's still freebie. But it is possible. Like you remember that story of the man who was like, I think my house is haunted and all this stuff was being moved in his kitchen. No, he didn't think it was haunted. He thought his girlfriend was eating, was sleep eating. Yeah. So he set up a camera and there was a woman living in his fucking crawl space and she would climb out at night time and eat all his food just wander around his house and then go back into the crawl space again during the day. Obviously she was like, she was homeless and uh, like, you know, needed somewhere to live or whatever, but you'd still be terrified. You would be absolutely traumatized. And this story is traumatizing. It is like horror movie nightmares. And again, more regular than you might think. I was listening to Murder Most Irish and I've said this before, but their Halloween episode had a really similar story. So this girl like voice messaged in and she was having sleep paralysis, what she thought was sleep paralysis. And then her boyfriend woke up and was like, oh, I had the weirdest dream that this haggard old woman was standing over you in the night. Fuck that. No, 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 no. Why was she dead? Like, what what, what are they doing? Why are they just standing over us? Why are you including us in that? Well, cause I don't want to be included in this. <laughs> In this narrative. There's a collective us, as in everybody that is... Again, why are we included <laughs> in this? <laughs> what do they want? And story number four comes from Johnny. In 2012, I left a job I was in for six years to begin a new venture in charity fundraising. The opportunity was exciting for me at the time, and I was going to be sent to different places around the UK one week to the next and hopefully raise some money for charity. Long story short, I was fired by the team leader as he was stood in his underwear on the end of my first and last week. Anyway, the weekend before, everyone had to meet in Nottingham for a two-day training venture. As the first day came to an end, we were sent off in different groups with a team leader to find the B&B we were staying in for the night. We were taken to a B&B only to find out the company hadn't made a booking. After some time on the phone, we eventually got sent to a different one so we could get some rest. Or so we thought. We were a group of strangers. There was me, another guy and two other girls all put in one room. The beds were lined up one end and at the other there was an ensuite and door leaving the room. I ended up with the last bed in the open part of the room. And uncomfortable feelings of my first childhood paranormal experience came back to mind of seeing someone sat by the door. So the idea of being on the end already set the tone for me. Then there was the two girls and the other guy in the last bed by the wall just to set the scene. We were all getting on well so after scoffing some pizza and having a good laugh at a nearby pub we all headed back to the room. When we were getting ready for bed I joked to one of the girls. There's something stood behind you. 
and I regretted these words. We had a little laugh about it, but decided to leave the bathroom light on and the door slightly open just to illuminate the room a little bit. We lay around talking about conspiracies and various tinfoil hat things that are a great talking point with the right kind of people. The next thing it was 1am and we decided to call it a night and get some sleep for training the next morning. This is when things happen quicker than the speed of which you can read these words. Exactly one hour later, I'm all of a sudden woken up by the screams of terror coming from the two girls. I find myself at the same time shifting from laying on the bed to sitting on the floor at the end of it on the left with my blanket over me, stone cold, shaking and terrified. I pulled the blanket off my head in the madness of what just happened to find out what had gone on. The two girls had woken up at the same time to see a tall, dark figure stood over me at the end of my bed, causing them to scream and jump back to where the other guy was sleeping. And all the while, I somehow ended up on the floor. It all happened so quickly, but it's worrying to think how they woke up at the same time and why I ended up where I did. I wasn't pulled, but while this happened, I'm sure I felt something in the room with us at the same time. Unfortunately, I've never spoken to the people I was with that week, and I don't know the name of the B&B, but I might be able to find out. Since this all happened, I have wondered, maybe I stood up while sleeping with the blanket over me, but I don't and never have been a sleepwalker. Johnny, that is a good logical explanation for what you experienced. Makes a lot of sense. However, you're wrong. It was clearly a ghostly spirit standing over your bed that scared the girls, and then you ended up on the floor out of commotion. What a what a work induction! I know. First of all, you realise that maybe this this company isn't all it's cracked up to be, <laughs> and then just when things are going right and you're having a good time with your prospective new colleagues, you get attacked by a ghost in the middle of the night. Not the best job experience. I have to say, the way that Johnny led in his story, I was kind of expecting the conclusion to his paranormal experience to lead to him getting sacked by his assistant manager who was in his pants. I don't think we needed any more context for that, (laughs) to be honest. I think everybody's imagination should just fill in the blanks of what went on there and how how he got fired by a man in his underwear. (laughs) I'm just going to assume that every story that we have now, there's going to be a man in underwear firing someone. Somewhere. And if it's not explicitly stated, you have to pick out the point of the story when it happened. It is weird that both the girls saw the same thing, though, which would make sense about Johnny's logical explanation. Because that would be a physical thing, wouldn't it? If it was just Johnny standing up with something over his head and not realising. Well, yeah, it could be. I mean, it might have been that he was sleepwalking in a new place. Yeah. Alcohol-induced, whatever. Yeah. Or it could be aliens. Why did you do that? That was unnecessary. That was a that was a blow from the blue. <laughs> what the heck? Don't just throw, maybe it was aliens in there into the mix. <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, but what if it was, though? Well, that's alarming. And story number five comes from Blanca. When I was 16, my brother died in a fire. It wasn't a house fire, but a barbecue incident. He poured gas on the barbecue grill because it wouldn't start and it exploded, causing 80% of his body to be burned. He was put in a medical coma and sadly, he only made it six days. All of my family, aunts, uncles, cousins, were in the hospital room when he passed. I wanted to die with him because he was my best friend. He passed in September, and we didn't go back to the house where it happened because my mom refused. 
We lived at my grandma's house for a couple of months until things turned sour, and then we had to go back home. In January of the following year, I was finally able to sleep better. I was so scared to sleep because I thought I was going to see him, and for some reason I didn't want to. I started having dreams about me and him just hanging out in my room. I knew there were dreams because I would wake up and cry. I knew he wasn't there anymore. The dreams were almost every night for a couple of weeks, and then they just stopped. I was sad because that was the only peace I had, to see him in dreams. Then we started going back to Grandma's because the family was torn apart about the one-year anniversary of his passing. I was at my grandma's house eating lunch when I looked at the stairs and I saw him walking down the stairs. I double-checked because I swore I was tripping. I didn't say anything because I didn't want people to start talking. I didn't have a dream that night. I would go to my grandma's house more often and didn't see anything until it was just me and a couple of cousins downstairs watching TV and I heard the steps creak. No one was home. I nearly shit myself because he walked down the stairs and we all saw him. And then he was gone. I finally told my mom about the dreams and that I thought I saw him the first time. She was upset. She was mad that he was coming to me and not her. I never saw him after that and I never had another dream. I don't know if it's his way of saying that I'm okay or a way of saying I'm still here. I go to the cemetery to see him as often as I can. Sometimes I catch myself talking to him in my car. I know no one is there but I feel like he's always with me. It's been almost 10 years since he passed but the pain is still like yesterday. Especially since I drive past that hospital every day to go to work. I wave and just whisper, I love you, Junior. I hope you will come to meet me again. But that's just me being greedy. I really hope that he's resting peacefully. Ooh, that's tough. That is a tough, tough story. But I would like to think that when we lose people in times of like, suddenly or really tragically, or in general, like I don't think it needs to be differentiated. But I think that I'd like to think that people have the ability to come back and let you know that they're okay. And I think that's always my takeaway from these stories. I don't even try and like think about the logistics of them. I just go, this is this is a nice feeling to think that that they that these people who have passed on find a way to come back and say, yeah, I'm gone, but I'm still looking out for you or I'm gone, but I'm okay. Because that's, that's the real takeaway, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess him appearing to all of them as well probably did a bit to settle down the strife that was coming from his anniversary. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting that the first time Blanca just saw him herself, because I wouldn't tell anybody either, because I would think people are going to think that I'm mad if I say this out loud. And then it's almost like he preempted that by showing himself to everybody you know, everybody at once. It's just, it's a terribly sad story, but also a lovely story. I think it's quite hope-filled really, isn't it? And story number six comes from Jorge. So I'd like to point out before we start that Jorge sent in a story that was like day nine of 30 Days of Terror. And in it, he described like a Toshio type little boy, as in Toshio from The Grudge, who he kept seeing around his house and then like saw in 
the reflection of his window hanging on his back and then he saw the the little boy while he was driving and then to top it all off he saw a dark figure in his basement so this story is picking up where we left off once the coronavirus got me laid off work i had no choice but to spend my time seeing if these entities are still as present as they were before when i was home i always felt something but never had the time to explore these feelings like i wanted to but now i have the time and i've done some personal investigations to start off i will go back to where i left off yes i did go into the basement and try to confront this black figure and nothing not a single thing happened but just to be safe i talked to a friend of mine who was big into crystals and all that and she saged my house for me and we learned how to bless rooms too and we go to all the rooms and the basement however we both forgot something that would come back to bite me the attic a couple of months went by cold spots in the house and whatnot nothing really unusual until one night literally one week before we went into quarantine in michigan i had a dream or a nightmare whichever you want to call it I remember I woke up in my bed in the dream and in the top corner of my room a featureless face slowly poked through the ceiling, looked directly at me and just said get ready with a menacing smile and slowly retreated back into the ceiling leaving a hole where its face was and then I heard a faint crying and jolted awake. I also remember saying to myself holy shit after I woke up but I just passed it off as a dream and went to work. Quarantine hit and I was home. I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but I live with my uncle. He was not having any of this stay-at-home stuff and loaded up his fishing gear, asking if he could borrow my tent. And he went away for two weeks while there would be barely anyone out. So here I am going into my third night alone when all of a sudden my dog started growling. Sadie usually growls at random noises she hears so I'm just thinking oh whatever until she slowly walked over to the floor vent. Her growl gets more guttural until shortly she is full on barking. I was confused and got up to check the vent and I shit you not there were two piercing white balls just below the little flap that closes the vent off immediately my mind assumed there were two eyes and i jumped up and ran outside it really caught me off guard i didn't really want to leave my only pet in the house with whatever it was i just saw it obviously wasn't afraid of her as she was just in its face barking so i went back in and i heard a loud crash in the basement i already knew the answer to the unasked question it was back I grabbed a flashlight and went into the basement and I was pissed. I shouted, How are you back? And more importantly, what do you want? There was no answer. But I found out what had crashed, an old toolkit that was on my granddad's workbench down there. Thinking it wanted me to suffer even more because now I have to clean up all these scattered tools. I said, Thanks a lot, asshole. Real nice choice of items to knock over down here. And then probably the scariest thing of all happened. From behind, it felt like I was put into a full-on headlock and was pushed down at the same time. Luckily, whatever this was had bad grip because I was able to get up and back up the stairs in about half a second and slam the door. 
and then a slam on the door happened immediately after I closed it. I go into the living room and I was waiting. Sadie wanted to go outside. She went from being a guard dog to, oh shit Jorge, we need to go. So I took her out and I had to walk past this door again. And as I was walking past, I heard the same crying that I heard in my dream. I went to a friend's house and we spent a few nights there. Eventually I came home and everything was normal, so I decided to quickly check everything except for the basement. I got a couple of things that I needed, and on my way out there was another cold spot right in the middle of the doorway. I called my friend, who brought over a minister from the local church and got the house blessed again. I told him to be extra careful in the basement, and then it hit me. The attic. We didn't bless the attic before. While he was in the basement, I got this hairball idea to throw my phone and its flashlight up there, pointing towards where I saw the little boy the first time. In the video, you can hear a small tad of the crying and taps and clicking of some sort. I haven't figured that part out yet, but it was very odd. After that, the minister told me it was very dark in the basement and he said that something did not want to leave, but after a few minutes of force, the feeling went away. I said without hesitation that whatever it was had moved to the attic and he climbed up there and sure enough, he said that that's where it was. After about 20 or so minutes of waiting outside, he came out and said that it should be gone. He noted that he heard laughing first, crying, and near the end he heard an angry scream, a loud bang, and then according to him, a small whisper of thanks in his ear. And he said it was like the house just settled all at once. Luckily I've not felt anything since, I'm glad it's over. And yes, I know this sounds unbelievable, and I agree 100% that if I didn't go through this, I wouldn't believe me either. I got chills. They're <laughs> multiplying. <laughs> I can't. There's so much. I remember the story as you were saying it. I was like, oh yeah, I remember that story. Mm. Yeah, because remember he had seen this boy and then mm. he was driving to work and the boy was standing on the road, yep. like walking towards his car. Yep. No. No, 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 no. Who are, who are you people that are going into the place where the noises are? Well, this is the thing. Like, I have Crazy. to say, if I'd been, you know, if there'd been a lockdown and I had some time on my hands, might play a bit of FIFA, watch some movies, read some books, maybe go for a walk. I mean, all the things we did during lockdown. Not high up on my list is re-stirring up the spirits in my house. <laughs> so, fair play to you, Hawaii. I'm with you in spirit, but I wouldn't do anything. But physically, <laughs> absolutely not. No way. It's just a, it's just a level of bravery that I don't understand. And I, I love when he said um, that seeing the eyes took him by surprise. Fucking take me by surprise too. I would be, <laughs> be out like dead, a shot. Dead. Dead on the floor. <laughs> I can't even comprehend being headlocked and thrown to the floor by something that's not there. No, 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 no. I can't even mm. can't even imagine like how would you ever rationalize that for yourself for your own peace of mind I don't know I, I don't know I don't know what what you would do how you would ever go in that basement again I mean legitimately I could have tripped over something yes very possible because I do do things like that but yes, you but you'd know wouldn't you you would as a person would know whether you tripped over something or whether something had forced you down 
there's a difference in feeling, isn't there? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like gravity is obviously a strong force, but it's not the same as being pushed to the ground. That's different. And if you enjoyed today's stories, you can find everything you need to know about us on reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. You can submit your own spooky stories to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. And you can support us on Patreon, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content. And on that note, we shall see you next week. Bye.